welcome to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast powered by the National Cannabis Industry Association, also known as the NCIA, one of the largest trade associations in the cannabis industry to date. I am your host, Khadija Adams, founder of Girl, Get That Money, also the founder of the Green Street Academy. You know, the show that we put on is really to highlight minority entrepreneurs in the space and provide you guys with weekly news updates about what minorities are actually doing in and for the industry as a whole. We like to interview minority entrepreneurs, minority-owned companies, companies that support social equity, themselves, and a host of other cannabis industry leaders and pioneers. Joining me today are my very special guests, Courage and Cannabis authors, Joe Brennan, Dr. Jennifer Anderson, and Joyce Gerber. So when we return from our commercial break, we'll catch you up on the latest news about minorities in cannabis, and we'll learn more about these authors and their journeys into the cannabis industry. So if you're watching on Facebook, now would be a great time to click that button, share button this way or that way, wherever it is on your camera, um, and share it, share, put it on your timeline and share with some of your friends so that they can be watching with you. We'll be back right after this. that regulation works. All right, you guys, we are back. Don't forget that the Library of New Jersey is hosting their very first expungement clinic on November 23rd in West Orange, New Jersey. You guys, the founders are Corey Bishman, I'm sorry, Corey Dishman, sorry about that, Corey, and Charles Penn. They're actually seeking to obtain a retail marijuana dispensary license or micro license and become New Jersey's first black owned recreational cannabis retail shop. However, we all know that the state of New Jersey is far behind on its promises and has not begun the process of accepting applications for micro licenses just yet. But even though Corey and Charles are patiently waiting, they have not stopped to deliver on their promise to help other people with prior cannabis-related charges start the process of clearing their records by hosting an expungement clinic. Now, the expungement clinic is calling on all people with prior cannabis-related charges to join them for a free event that will be held November 23rd from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the Cambria Hotel, located at 12 Rooney Circle, in West Orange, New Jersey. <clears throat> now, normally I go into other news, but I have to give you my top three picks for marijuana stocks. Now, you guys know that I'm the founder of the Green Street Academy. It is an online acad educational academy that teaches you the basics of investing in cannabis stocks. And so there are literally hundreds of marijuana stocks out there, or cannabis stocks, I like to call them. Um, but many of these companies actually fall into several categories, including growers, retailers, ancillary companies and products, service providers, uh, marijuana, biotech, and also technology companies. So my top three favorites, number one, yes, you guessed it, is Cureleaf. 
and the sock symbol is C-U-R-L-F. So look up Cureleaf and actually do your research about these companies, even though they're my top picks. You know, I am not a financial advisor. I'm not a broker. I'm not an attorney. I don't play one on TV nor on the internet, but I am an investor and I've been investing in cannabis stocks and also private placements now since 2014. So Cureleaf is my first pick. Green Thumb Industries, y'all know that what falls under Green Thumb Industries, right? Cookies, right? Um, and so their stock symbol is G as in green, T, B as in boy, I, F. So that's their stock symbol. So look them up, do your research before you make a decision to invest, right? And then finally, my number three pick is Telray. Listen, Telray has been around for the longest and probably is one of the largest companies in the cannabis space. So Telray, um, their stock symbol is T as in tail, right? And then L-R-Y. And then my favorite three top infused products created by minorities um, on the market. Number one is Bliss Molecules by Bianca Pritchell. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, Bianca. She was not expecting this shout out, but I absolutely love her face, facial moisturizer and her eye serum. They are thebomb.com. So if you don't have them, you should look her up, blissmolecules.com. And then <clears throat> my favorite gummies, shout out to Dr. Bridget Williams over in Ohio. I love Green Harvest Health CBD gummies. They are phenomenal. And I think I love them a bit too much. So I have to keep them literally in my medicine cabinet. I used to keep them in my medicine cabinet. I'm out now, Dr. Bridget, but I'm gonna be ordering some soon. So if you guys don't know anything about the gummies, you need to go to greenharvesthealthcbd.com and check out Dr. Bridget Williams' gummies. Um, great for sleep. They're very uh, flavorable and uh, eases a lot of pain. So I love them, I love them, I love them. And then finally, Brown Girl Jane CBD. Okay, so what I love the most about Brown Girl Jane CBD, um, this is by Malika Jones, and um, I think her name is um, Tay um, Bocamp, if I'm pronouncing it wrong, Tay, I'm sorry, and then Nia Jones. I love their Velvet Moon Perfume Candle, okay? Velvet Moon Perfume Candle. Yeah, if I had it here, I would show it to you, but it's awesome. You guys should check it out, browngirljanecbd.com. And then finally, to finalize the news, um, just want to do some shout out to our Asian Americans, um, brother and sisters in the cannabis space who are blazing a new trail and a new path in cannabis. You know, cannabis has been widely used in traditional Asian medicines for more than a millennial long before cannabis legalization. There is a new generation of Asian American entrepreneurs emerging as trailblazer, as trailblazers in this industry. In fact, we had one on our show. So Nancy Doe of Endo Industries, shout out to you. Yoka Maishito, the CEO of Leafly, shout out to you. And then my girl, Susan Wong of Best Dispensary in Arizona. Big, big, big shout out to you. Hey, when we get back, you guys, when we return, 
We're going to learn more about these amazing co-authors of a new book compilation that reveals their stories of courage in cannabis. So if you're watching us on Facebook, now's a great time to hit the share button. Better yet, tag some of your friends. We'll be right back after this. We need to make sure that we get minorities and African-Americans, people that have been affected by the war on drugs, indigenous people, brown and black people holistically needs to be a part of this conversation. With the help of NCIA and being an Evergreen member, we believe that we can push this agenda forward. Cannabis business owners, entrepreneurs that really see the bigger picture to say, let's push this agenda forward. We can't do this without you. We need to make sure that our voices are heard. Hey guys, we are back with Courage and Cannabis authors, Joe Brennan, Dr. Jennifer Anderson, and Joyce Gerber. You know, in 2013, Joe Brennan faced tragedy when he lost his father and uncle back to back to pharmaceuticals. This led him on a journey to establish one of the first CBD educational retail stores to open years later in 2016. We also have Dr. Jennifer Anderson, who is a single mom of three, a Canadian family physician who works to advocate and educate about cannabis in pediatric epilepsy and the role it plays towards better health. In addition to this, Dr. Anderson works as a consultant of other physicians to co-manage patients of all ages and help them navigate cannabis medicinally. Also joining us today is Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of an award-winning podcast, The Cannamom Show. Joyce believes the narrative around cannabis and um, caregiving needs to change, and she's using her unique voice to change it. Welcome to The Cannabis Minority Report Podcast. Good to have you guys on here. How's everybody doing? Really well. Fantastic. Thanks. Thank awesome. you for having us, Khadija. Yeah, Joyce, absolutely. I had to have my girl on for real. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to start this conversation off with Joe Brennan, and then we'll hear from Dr. Jennifer Anderson and also from, from Joyce Gerber. So, Joe, tell us about your journey as the first CBD store in Ohio, how you got started, and where you are now in your process. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it all started back in 2013. Uh, my dad, basically cut his arm uh, 15 years previous to that. He cut his arm uh, mending a fence in his backyard and it severed his arm all the way up to his bicep. Uh, basically that put him on disability and so forth. And he, they started him on pharmaceuticals, the pain pills, anatripoline, um, Percocet, all those really harsh things. And about 15 years later, his liver and kidneys basically shut down due to that. Um, he would he would call them constantly and say, "Hey, look, you know this is not working for me. It's it's shutting my, you know, my organs down." And they just kept pushing the drugs on him. And so finally, after 15 years of that, um, he ended up in the hospital with liver failure, kidney failure, um, and he was in there for probably three months um, before we ended up having to pull the plug on our father. Um, at the time, I had a my little brother is 20 years younger than me. So at the time he was 13 years old and him and I basically stood there in the ICU room and, you know, 
agreed to pull the plug on him and basically watched him pass away. Um, and so a couple months after that, his brother, my uncle Tim, now mind you, my dad was 61 years old. His wow. brother, just a couple months later, um, my uncle Tim, he was 50 years old. He got diagnosed with lung cancer and within three months he passed away, uh, three months or so oh, after God. doing the chemo. Yeah, and the chemo was really rough on him. Um, they gave him the very last pill that they gave him, the very last round, they said this might be the round that does him in because it was a very strong uh, pill. And sure enough, within 24 hours, he passed away. Wow. And so I was sitting at his bedside um, watching him pass away, remembering just a couple months before that, him telling me, you know, giving me advice on how to deal with the passing of my father. Hmm. So literally several months later he was in the exact same situation and so after he passed away um it was re really devastational to our family and everything and yeah, i was flipping sure. through the news one evening and i saw what looked like a kid having a seizure and somebody putting an oil under their tongue so i went back and i found the tv station that it was and it was the cnn special about uh charlotte figgy out in colorado the charlotte's web story yeah and as I saw that, I saw, you know, the mom put the CBD under her tongue and the kid come out of the seizure within 30 seconds or so. And as I saw that, tears were pouring down my face in joy for this little girl. And something just came to me and said, you know, you couldn't help your dad and Uncle Tim, but you're going to go help the world with this starting now. So <clears throat> I took that to heart. At the time, I was a full-blown real estate agent, had a lot of rental properties, flipping houses, um, was doing really well in real estate, which I had been doing for almost 20 years. And so once I discovered this CBD thing and, and the passion just was laid upon my heart to go help people with this, I basically just kind of put CBD to the side and I went out and I maxed my credit card out on CBD oil. And I started going around and giving it to every old lady that I saw in every parking lot, every gas station, every grocery store, literally everybody I saw that I thought wow. was in need. I would go up and say, hey, you ever try this? Let me give you a couple sprays. And, 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 and literally nobody ever told me no. Wow. <laughs> and that would, you know, which is pretty, pretty wild that a stranger comes up and squirts something in somebody's mouth, you know. But um, so people started getting back with me and saying, my pain is gone. My, I'm sleeping better. You know, just all of these um, <clears throat> testimonies. Mm -hmm. And so that started growing and growing. And I realized that I need to know more about this. I need to understand exactly how this is happening in the body. You know, this isn't a magical lotion or potion. I okay. need to be able to understand exactly why this is happening so that I can tell my customers and, you know, be, be an education based um, outfit. So I went to the Cleveland School of Cannabis. Um, I learned about pretty much everything concerning the endocannabinoid system, cannabis. Um, I watched every YouTube video of every cannabis doctor probably a hundred thousand times so I could recite every single thing they were saying. Mm -hmm. um, and it didn't take long. It just all clicked in, in my spirit. I mean, I knew from a kid that cannabis was the healing tree. I always thought that it was the healing tree of the nations. And I just, but I never knew how. I just always knew that it was, but I never knew why. Mm -hmm. So when I found out about CBD and then I discovered the endocannabinoid system, I saw that as an opportunity to say, okay, here's the reason why. This is how the cannabis works for thousands of things is because it's interfacing with our endocannabinoid system, which regulates homeostasis. 
Right. So once I discovered that and I had the ammo, so to speak, to be able to go out and share this information with people in a, in a legitimate way, it was just, you know, it was gloves off after yeah. that. Absolutely. And, Let me ask you this. Let me not to cut you off, but I want yeah. to go back to something. So you put real estate completely to a side and you went 100% into CBD and because you realized your why, right? Which is really important as an entrepreneur, having a why behind you're doing a particular thing. And I also like the fact that you went out to educate yourself on the very same product um, so that you, you would be able to share that information and re-educate your customers. So you, you weren't this you know, guy out there just selling CBD, right? You're, you're, you're someone who your story actually touches people because you have a why and it's not about just selling it's about helping people so i really love that so tell us you know where are you now in your process well it's been almost nine years now since i've been i guess preaching this gospel of hemp and at this point um there's still some challenges there's not as many challenges as there used to be you know with people's education gap with the laws on the on the product um and all of that kind of thing. At this point in the game, um, we're just, you know, we're still educating. We're still doing classes next door to our, to our retail store. You know, we're still making all the attempts to educate people. And, you know, even though it's been several years and most people have heard of CBD at this point, we're still very open to people that have never heard about CBD. I mean, people still come into the store and say, I just found out about this yesterday. You know, what oh, yeah. is it? What does it do? And, you know, I actually love that because it gives me an opportunity to kind of start at the ground level and build them up uh, mm -hmm. and explain the whole process to them if they're willing um, so that they can really understand and be able to take this, you know, this compound into their own hands and take their health into their own hands. Education sometimes is even more important than the medic, you know, than, than the stuff you take. So once you have the education, then you can kind of work into how these products can work in the body. So um you know we're still growing we're we still have new customers come into the store every single day we still have our old customers coming in that are you know nine-year veterans with us which is just wonderful to see um you know that the products are still working for them i mean you know that's kind of the thing is if you sell somebody something and it doesn't work they're not going to come back for that's it right. and Absolutely. so we We've got nine years of people coming back and back for these same products. So I am more assured today as I was in the beginning that, you know, all life, all physiology is regulated by the endocannabinoid system from conception to death. I mean, literally every function of the body is regulated by the endocannabinoid system. And if we can just get that out to the people so that they can understand why this product works for so many different things, you know, is, has always been my goal. I want, yeah. I, I've always wanted to see this product in every single retail store, every, you know, everywhere so that it's fully accessible to people. And I think we're getting there. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you have the first educational CBD retail store. And I love how you put educational in there. So thank you very much for that. We're going to come back to you, Joe. I want to go to Dr. Jennifer Anderson. Um, can you tell us more about your son and his experience with cannabis? And what did you run? Um, uh, why did you run? And why do you, do you run a consultant-based practice, Dr. Jennifer? 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so my son, um, I have twins and they are now nine years old, but when they were four, um, my one son had a lot of complications with the twin pregnancy and ended up with cerebral palsy. And by the time he was four, he was seizing nonstop. And I was actually, I had just started a family practice. I was working in a rural community, doing hospital, ER, and um, a kind of a complex kid type of practice at the time, just because I had a complex kid and all my colleagues would send me the complex kids uh, to help manage. Um, and in any case, um, you know, the summer of 2016, he just crashed. He was seizing nonstop. He was, he has everything from vomiting seizures to something called electrical status epilepsy and sleep, where he would basically go to sleep and be in status all night until he woke up. And these seizures took years for them to diagnose. And even with me going to neurology and saying, I think he's seizing, I think he's seizing. And they'd say, no, no, I don't think he is. And finally, I think they just got it like annoyed with me and did a five-day home EEG and came back and said oh he's seizing like every night when he goes to sleep and I said thank you like and the vomiting same thing so we finally saw an epileptologist who diagnosed all of his seizures but at that point he had regressed regressed. He wasn't walking anymore. Um, he was really losing his abilities. He was almost like shaking, vibrating all the time and, and really out of it. Um, and all of his vomiting had caused aspirations and he was on breath stacking masks. Uh, a cold would put him in ICU basically. And so I had a really hard time. I'd gone through a divorce a year before and I had my kids most of the time and all of the responsibility for my son was, was really on me. And so I, and I couldn't make it to my clinic. And so I had a respite person that was helping me with my kids, uh, like my other kids as well. And I quit my, my practice within two weeks. Um, and, you know, at that point, uh, his neurologist had a conversation with us about whether we wanted him resuscitated because we were pretty much a revolving door in the ER um, going in and getting loaded with this or that drug. And so, and I was up all night, every night watching him because I wasn't sure if he would make it um, till the morning. And and so, you know, we were exhausted and I, I was, I had a personal blog at the time and I talked to the neurologist about uh, cannabis. And actually, uh, like Joe, I had actually done a lot of research online and I had come across the CNN special with uh, with Charlotte Figgy and Paige, her mom. And Paige had twins. And I think that uh, that clip from CNN just hit me really hard because here was another mom with twins and one that she was trying so desperately to keep alive. Mm -hmm. And so I went to my neurologist and she basically said, Jen, you know, behind closed doors, like we had these conversations. She's like, can't help you. It might work. And I knew she trained actually in the States and I knew that she knew about the epidiolics trials and that. And she said, I, I can't help you. You have to go find a family doctor who's an expert in epilepsy and cannabis and get them to help you. Because at that time and still, you have to have an authorization for kids um, from a doctor to, uh, to access cannabis for kids. And if you don't, you get threatened with social services. And, uh, and for me being a single mom doctor, and that was my only source of income, yeah. um, that was really tough. So um, I had shared this on my blog, and I was kind of at my wits end, we, we were on tons of medications, he had myelodysplasia from valproic acid, we had to take that off. Um, uh, you know, and he was just seizing two, three times an hour and I couldn't work. So my friend actually messaged me and said, Jen, I have this Charlotte's web. Like we've just been bringing it across because at that time, no one was, I mean, it was hemp product. Right. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I went and I paid like a ton of money for this little bottle. Um, you know, it's American we're Canadian <laughs> exchange is quite high. So, 
anyways, and I thought, well, this is my last, last chance. And so um, I gave him one drop on a Friday night and he slept the whole night. I watched him all night and I sat there just staring at him and he didn't wake up once and, and he was breathing. Um, and so in the morning he woke up and I didn't think much of it. I gave him another drop, like one drop in his mouth. And, uh, he was four years old at that time. And, um, he still had seizures in the day and the second night did the same thing. Third night, same thing. He slept every single night. And on Monday morning, I brought him to daycare and I will never forget the daycare worker looked at him and, and said, what, what happened? And then I looked at my son and I noticed he was alive. He had spark in his eye and he was present. Whereas before he, you never really knew if he was there or not. He hardly ever made it to daycare, Mm -hmm. but no, he was, he was present and he was interacting with things again. And it, from there, it just got a whole lot better. I I closed, closed my practice within two weeks and at that time, um, when I closed my practice, like two weeks later, he was so much better. I could have just kept working. And my respite worker at the time too said, Jen, like, this is incredible. Um, and during that week I've called neurology and they had said, you know what, if you're going to start it, like let, let us know. Cause there's medication interactions and things like that. So I phoned and I said, you'll never believe this. Like he's a different kid. He's not seizing. He's sleeping all night. And the only thing they cared about was whether who was authorizing it for him. And I said, well, um, this is him. And they said, well, no, like, we'll give you a couple of days, I guess, you know, also being a colleague, like, but, you know, we're going to have to report it if you don't have someone to help. And, wow. I said, and they said, and you have to stop it um, wow. until, yeah, until you find somebody. And I said, but he could die. And I will never forget the response was, yeah, he might. And at that time as a physician, yeah, I, I really, um, I had a crisis of sort of my whole career, um, just looking at the situation and looking at how my son was being treated. And of course I didn't stop it. And my, you know, I, I went to palliative care. I went to oncology. I went to all my colleagues and I trained where I live. And they all said, Jen, we know it, it's working, but we really can't help you. And finally, my friend, who's a family doc that I was working with in ER, she's like, Jen, I'll help you. She goes, I, I can obviously see there's a difference. She goes, I don't know how to do it, but like, let's do this together. Nice. So anyway, she helped me. I continued on with it. So that's how we kind of started. And within that year, his hospitalizations dropped by at least 50% and year to year, uh, the same. That was in 2016. Now we're three years, haven't even been to hospital. In that time, I got asked, um, well, in that time, we ran out of Charlotte's Web, and I didn't know what to do. So in Canada, we have a lot of licensed producers that you have to use. And I tried three or four different ones, and he would start seizing every time, about day two, day three. And we ended up in BC, where we had a lot of underground stuff happening at the time, because our recreational uh, wasn't legal at the time. And I went to the growers. I learned all about the plants. I learned how they are extracted. I learned about the different plants, how they were grown, and everything that contributed to the plant. And I started to understand why the Charlotte's Web was working. And at that time, there was an advocacy group that was advocating Canadian government to have an exemption for kids like my son. So I got involved with that, ended up being able to import it legally um, for my son. And and to this day, he still has to use that product. Um, But from that experience, um, you know, I was able to start helping other kids. I had a clinic come and ask me to come see these kids. And my initial response because of everything I went through was absolutely not. I will not be the pot doc for kids. 
And then a couple months later, I, I thought about that so much. And I thought about my struggle and I thought, I'm a physician and I couldn't even get this for my son. I had to fight so hard. And, and I finally went back to the clinic and I said, Kate, I'll see the kids, um, but I, I have to make sure we screen them really well yeah. so that I never have to say no to a child. So we have to make sure just so that I, you know, the college wouldn't come after me and different things. I figured if kids were dying and if kids were failing everything, I, I, nobody was going to come after me. Mm-hmm. All these parents wanted was a chance to try it. Yeah. So I started seeing these kids and their kids from all over the world um, in terms of like they've been everywhere with this genetic condition, for instance, uh, you know, that caused them to have seizures, yeah. but nobody had another case of it. Right. And so in, in a lot, often in medicine, you know, we, we go with research based sort of things. And so if if you're a child with Dravet, for, for example, there's a lot of them. You can study yeah. them if you're a yeah. child with a one off of some mitochondrial disorder chances are you're not going to have a study that shows that you can use CBD for that. So I took Dr. Mishulam's approach and I didn't know who he was at the time. I just treated treated them all. And I figured, well, a seizure is a seizure. So let's just treat them all and let's just see what happens. So that led to, Uh, um, I had been seeing kids, but um, after a while, um, other doctors started to notice the difference and started silently sending me consults and yeah. Isn't it something how they had to silently do it? And I, you know, what caught my attention mostly was that they were not concerned that your son could have could have died. And and the response, I can't wait to read your story in Courage in Cannabis so I can find out a lot more um, and dive a little deeper. I'm sure our audience is going to want to hear more. Thank you so very much for, for being a, a pioneer in the industry and being there for other moms too. And by the way, I'm a twin mom too. I have twin boys. They actually just turned 38 years old. <laughs> wow. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, but yeah, my hat's off to you. Just an amazing story. Can't wait to read your, your portion of the story. Thank you so much. I'm going to come back to you. I have another question for you. I want to move this over to Joyce Gerber. Joyce, tell us about your transformation from a tennis playing lawyer, you got to tell me about that too, a tennis playing lawyer mom to now a cannabis mom without, without giving too much of your story away. So tell us about that. Hey, Khadija, thank you for having me on here. Yeah. I love being on other people's podcasts. It's a, like a little awkward, but um, <laughs> so my story, you know, I'm a middle-aged woman. I've been married for 30 years. I have a couple of kids in their 20s. I am a lawyer. I wear pearls. I play tennis, the whole thing. But you know, I grew up in an era where they said you could do everything. And in America, we literally have no help with children. And at some point I chose, I made a choice, which never felt like a choice. And I ended up dropping out of the professional world for a while, the world of monetized work. So I like to say that I ended up um, in cannabis through a, uh, the perfect combination of isolation, desperation, and rejection. <laughs> mm, wow. <laughs> so, you know, that's sort of my professional journey. I know a lot of women, Dr. Jennifer, good Lord, a lot of the women I interview on the show, we're in our third season right now, and they are those stories of the moms, you know, really the moms who are taking these really big risks. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Jennifer's in Canada, you know, across this country, Khadija, you know this, it's still very dangerous for some mothers to do the one thing that they know that they can do is protect their children, the caregivers. Yeah. And this plant is a caregiver just like us, which I learned from being a mom. And um, that's how I got into the industry, sort of, you know, you got to read my story, see the whole tale. But I went from, yeah, I am still a Ten, uh, tennis playing cannabis. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so you know when I come there, we're gonna have to go and play tennis. Like 
I play tennis too. I haven't played in a while, so you probably kick my butt, but definitely want to make sure that we play a game when I come up. Excellent. Um, yes. And I can't wait to read your story because, you know, um, my, my trade by profession was, it was a paralegal. And, um, and so working with lawyers was something that I just did all the time. But, you know, I can't wait to read your story because I want to know how you can now a cannabis mom with your own award winning podcast, Anna Mom Show. I'm still so behind me. I have it. <laughs> so, is, is that your trophy? Yeah, look, it's a little like a weapon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so I have to ask the three of you a question. We're going to go with Joe and then Dr. Jennifer and then you, Joyce. The okay. question is, what can people walk, uh, what can people expect to walk away with after reading your story? The whole idea of when you feel something tugging at your soul to do, you just do it, regardless of, you know, the repercussions, really. Um, you know, I had everything to lose. and you know, I did it anyway. And everybody told me, you, you can't do this. You know, they're going to shut you down, you know, um, just et cetera, et cetera. And I, and I, and I still did it. I just, I, I stayed true to my passion. I stayed true to, you know, what I wanted to do as a result of losing my family members and things. And so I think that the takeaway is no matter how big of a feat that it looks like in the beginning, if, if you're called to do something, you just take it one step at a time. You just, you just keep, keep going one step. You don't, you don't worry about the how or the why you just, you just do it. And so I think that's, that's a good takeaway from my story is that, you know, coming from the real estate industry, I had nothing to do with cannabis, with the cannabis industry, with the medical field or anything at all. Um, and so since then I have basically changed everything and, you know, grown to understand this plant and, and physiology in a way that makes me very valuable to people that have no idea where to start, yeah. what it is, and that kind of a thing. And so, you know, I just, I just encourage people to, you know, follow their passions, no matter what, even if it's something that just came about overnight, if you feel, you know, led to do something, Thank don't you. be afraid just do it you know yeah. because take that leap huh because you just yeah. never know what's on the other side of that wall right that's right as soon as you jump the net appears so I'm telling you <laughs> i love it or or the wings come right or you that's right coming down i love that and what All about you dr jennifer um what can people expect to walk away after reading your story well, one of my favorite quotes um, after actually after my divorce was you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf and I like to surf and I like to snowboard and you know I, I feel like with the situation that I was, I was in with my son, you know, I had every reason to just throw in the towel and, um, and even when I was able to use uh, cannabis for my own son, you know, to just keep it for myself, but I think the, the ability to turn outward and instead of getting all mad at the system and, um, you know, being upset at my colleagues and, and all the system that was not made for my son, I turned that into trying to change the system and trying to create a new system that would help other kids. And, you know, it, I really never envisioned that it would turn into what it is today. Um, you know, but it's just, I think it, it's a lesson in using your own experiences to help other people and figuring out where you can uh, make a change that might help somebody else. 
Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. And it's amazing that you didn't foresee, you know, having this type of practice, but how it's amazing when things happen, right? It happens for a reason, season, or lifetime. And, you know, um, I think that you've come into your season. So that's amazing. Can't wait to read your story. Um, what about you, Joyce? What can people expect to walk away um, with after reading your story? So I always think my story is really one of persistence. You know, I found, um, you know, I really did find purpose, healing, community. I mean, you, all the people I found, I found this in cannabis. And what I would like is for, you know, I'm a woman of a certain age, a certain generation that can see themselves in me. There's an army of women just like me. Yeah. They can see themselves and that they can, I don't know, recognize their own exceptionalism and maybe add value to our cannabis world. I, I really, that is my hope and dream. I love that. I love that. And, and you say middle age. Girl, we're so young. <laughs> my, boy, my boy said, I told him, I said, you know, y'all are getting old. And they say, mom, if we're getting old, what are you getting? And I said, I'm getting better. <laughs> better. We are getting better. We yeah, are. <laughs> age is like fine wine. We get better uh, with time. There you go. I love it. I love nope, it. I'm nobody so drinks a two-day-old scotch. <laughs> You're absolutely right. So here's another question. So as entrepreneurs, and we'll start with Joe again, um, how important is it to collaborate in business? Well, definitely collaboration is key in this industry for sure. You know, none of us can do it alone, uh, even though we try. Um, but it's really about the camaraderie of others that have their own experiences, their own uh, encounters with cannabis and people that have been healed with cannabis. Um, so it's just a collection. It's a collective of people that come together to create one goal, which is to push this agenda further along to where this should be modern. This should be our, our first go-to for medicine. I mean, the endocannabinoid system regulates everything. So we don't have, you know, an aspirin system. We don't have a Tylenol system. We have an endocannabinoid system though. So, you know, I think that if all of us get together and share our testimonies and share all the joy that this has brought to people's lives. I think that's one of the most important things It's you know, people can take the product, but what about the story? What about the backstory? What about, you know, who else has this helped, you know, is going to, is going to push people to try it out and give it a shot. Love that. Thank you so much. And what about you, Dr. Anderson? Um, so like, I don't actually, I don't have a business, but you know, as a physician, um, I focus on educating my colleagues and I focus on educating um, everything from the community to politicians. Mm -hmm. I try to figure out how to talk their language uh, with politicians. It's talking dollars and cents. I work in emergency and I work in hospital still. And because I've started doing that again the last few years and I turn dollars into um, into words, right? Um, in terms of helping chronic pain patients, um, taking them off opioids, starting them on, on cannabis that will work for them, um, and, and providing a consult-based service to other physicians. Education, education, that's what I'm hearing from both of you, and that's the similarity. And most successful people in the cannabis space, if not all successful people in the cannabis space, Number one priority is education. That's what I'm hearing from you. That's what I heard from Joe. Um, from, from Joe. And then Joyce, what about you? Um, as, a, as an entrepreneur, how important is it to collaborate in business? And what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs seeking to enter the cannabis industry? Uh, I mean, collaboration is everything. 
I will say in my last years of practicing law, I did try to practice collaborative law, but lawyers are not taught to be collaborative. We are taught to fight. We are literally trained fighters, so it is a mindset. But cannabis, we have a different mindset. I know that because I'm meeting people and we can build this business. This is new. This is something that never existed before. And the world that exists now, the game that is played now is built for very few people. I mean, that's the truth of it. And we talk about this like every, every other morning <laughs> about how we can do something new. So collaboration is the thing that was not valued in me as a professional. All the things that were good about me as a human being, my kindness, my loyalty, whatever, love, kindness, goodness, and hope, those are never valued in the law, especially divorce law. So, and now we are finding in the world of work that building a business based on vulnerability and the understanding that the leader may not know everything, but they are willing to put boundaries and set up um, standards. So I think that's part of the collaboration. And then anyone who wants to come into this, we need you. This is a very specialized industry. Whatever special skill you have, whatever it is that you do best in the world, cannabis is like the real world, but a little upside down. And we need you in here and we need women, women like me and Khadija and Dr. Jennifer and Joe, thanks for joining us, who want <laughs> to build something new, who want to create something that is healing, not just for ourselves, really for our planet. Yeah. And I, it's just, so this is very powerful to me. I just, this, this plant has literally, given me my voice back. I have a podcast and I have something to talk about. <laughs> I absolutely love that. And you are so right. So what Joyce is talking about is cannabis and coffee every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 a.m. on Clubhouse, 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. And yeah, we talk about collaboration because I really believe that collaboration is everything in education, education, education. And that's really what it's all about. And I want to thank you all for being our guest today. Can't wait for the Courage in Cannabis book to be released so that we can read in full detail your stories. We wish you much success with the launch of Courage in Cannabis. And we definitely want to have you back on the show um, with us in the future so we can see how you're doing in business, what you're looking for, and how we can help other people by collaborating. So you guys can stick around. In the meantime, Subscribe to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast via Spotify, via Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite platforms so that you don't miss one episode. So if you like your products highlighted on the Cannabis Minority Report podcast, and you would like to run your 30-second or one-minute commercial during our show, make sure you inbox me at info at KhadijaAdams.com. We'll be back right after these messages. Uh, it is the budding dispensary of knowledge. We want to be more uh, than just the PubMed of cannabis, the Google Scholar of cannabis. We want to be a continuing education platform that is easily accessible. We see this as being able to leave a legacy for the entire industry and really elevate this plant to where it deserves to be. to check out the NCIA's member news blog and industry insights that includes our NCIA member spotlight series. And we'll also highlight some of the new members who actually joined through our social equity scholarship program. And also don't forget to download our mobile app. 
You got it. The NCIA has our own mobile app. So go to your Play Store and download it today so you can get the latest news and what's happening and also see my producer Vince on his latest updates um, for the NCIA. Also, don't forget to join us. We're going to be in San Francisco at the NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit, December the 15th through December the 17th. Super excited about that. Get your tickets at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. And yes, all of those S's go in there. So it's CannabisBusinessSummit.com. And a special shout out to our DEI program sponsors, Tahoe Wellness. Thank you. Thank you very much for your contribution. The law offices of Omar Figueroa. I love you. Mwah, mwah. Omar, I love your energy. Thank you so much. And then Copper State Farms, we thank you so much for your contribution. We appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, the mission of the DEI committee or the DEIC is to educate, to advocate, to encourage, empower the community of cannabis and its members by cultivating partnerships with other nonprofit organizations with similar goals, also providing um, resources that create and sustain an environment that is not only inclusive, but also equitable and diverse. We are committed to building a culture that respects our members and also celebrates their contributions as we work together to strengthen all communities in the cannabis space. Big shout out to my girl, Michelle Kelly in Los Angeles, California. I hope to see you real soon. Until next week, you guys, peace, love, and hippie stuff. NCIA's Cannabis Minority Report is a product of the National Cannabis Industry Association and NCIA's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. We are hosted every week by Khadijah Adams. Our executive producers are Aaron Smith and Vince Chandler. We are directed by Vince Chandler and produced by Bethany Moore. Please, please, please find out everything you can about the growing and equitable cannabis industry at thecannabisindustry.org.